The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. You and I were created for something more than just mundanely existing through life. I believe the moment God ordained our existence, your existence, my existence, he infused that existence with purpose. And the purpose was greater than just simply walking through life. The purpose is greater than simply enjoying pleasures. The purpose is greater than just simply breathing and and going through and enjoying what this world has to offer. We were created for a purpose. And that purpose, I believe, is to glorify God by making an impact in the world in which he's placed us. The problem is it's difficult, uncomfortable to do something that makes a difference. And so I want to take a moment this morning and I want to challenge us. I want to encourage us. And and by God's grace, I hope to inspire us from the Word of God to get a glimpse of something greater, something more uh, that God has for us as an Ambassador Baptist church family. Uh, Welcome here today to what we call our vision service. And once a year, we like to take the opportunity just to cast some vision in regards to what we believe the Lord has for our church family in the coming 12 months. So if you are visiting with us today, this is not necessarily a normal service in regards to the teaching time, but it'll be an opportunity for me just to really share my heart from the Word of God as to what I believe the Lord has for us in the coming months. And, And I believe this with every ounce of my being, uh, that the next 12 months are literally going to be the greatest months in the life and history of our church family. And I mean that as individuals in our walk with God. I believe that for our marriages, for our families. I believe many of us are going to get to the end of these 12 months and God is going to have done something in our heart, in our life, unlike anything he's done before. And I believe much of that is going to be because of what we begin to plant here this morning. So, Uh, I want to encourage you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 29. The book of Proverbs, chapter number 29, for our text reading here today. We're going to take the opportunity to use this passage as a springboard. We'll take a few moments to just share a few introductory thoughts, and then we'll dive in to our vision service here today. The book of Proverbs, chapter number 29. We'll be looking in verse 18 inside your service program that you should have received on your way in. There's an outline that you can use to follow along our time together this morning. If you are physically able, I'd like to invite you to stand as we read our text today. A short passage from the scriptures, Proverbs chapter number 29, verse number 18. We're going to keep it quick and we're going to keep it simple. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse number 18. Where there is... No vision. All right? In the Hebrew language in which this was originally authored, that word vision, uh, the word could be translated a word from the Lord. Where there is no vision, where there is no, I want you to look at this, where there is no word from the Lord. The Bible says, the people perish. Where there is no vision. I want to say this this morning. God is the difference between what is today and what can be tomorrow. That is to say, God is the difference between what is existing in your marriage today and what can exist in your marriage at the end of this year. 
God is the difference between what exists in your children today and what can exist in your children a year from now. God is the difference between what exists in your family today and what can exist in your family a year from now. God is the difference between what exists in your life right this moment and what can exist in your life 12 months from now. God is the difference between what you are doing today and what you have the potential of doing in the months and years to come. My friend, God is the difference. Not your talent being the difference. Not your abilities being the difference. Not your resources being the difference. Not your money being the difference. Not your spouse being the difference. God is the difference between what is today and what can be in the future. And the Bible says where there is no vision, where there is no glimpse of God, where there is no glimpse of His Word, where there is no glimpse of what He can do, here's what happens. People perish. Families perish. Children perish. Church perish. Why? Because they have no word from the Lord. They have no vision. They have no ability to see what their God is capable of. Why? Because where there is no vision, the people perish. Before we go any further, shall we have a word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, in this moment we come to you and we humble ourselves before you recognizing that we are not what makes the ultimate difference in our lives. It is not going to be our ability in the year 2015 that's going to change our lives. It's not going to be our talents. It's not going to be our money. It's not going to be our resources that ultimately make an eternal significant impact in our world today. It is going to be our ability to yield, to surrender, and dedicate ourselves to your plan for our lives that ultimately will change the very direction of the future. And I pray that the people here today, Lord, would catch a glimpse of what is possible with you. I pray that we would catch a glimpse of what is possible in our walk with you as we surrender ourselves to your lead. I pray that we would get a glimpse of what is possible in our families, what is possible in our marriages, what is possible, Lord, in our future as we yield and surrender and dedicate ourselves completely to your Lordship. And we recognize, God, that you are worthy of our all. And I pray that you would give us a vision because where there is no vision, where there is no uh, uh, ability to see what our God is capable of, Lord, we perish. And Lord, we believe that you have something more for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Inside your Bible study guide, you'll see some notes there. I want you to notice, first of all here, our vision. And this is specifically the vision of this local church, Ambassador Baptist Church, our vision. If you want to write this down, vision explains why we exist, all right? Why we exist. Why are we here? I mean, what's, what's the point of it? Is it just simply to eat, to drink, and to be merry? Is that why we exist on this earth? And then more specifically, why do we as a local church body exist? What is our unique purpose? I mean, there are many churches in Fresno. There are many churches in California. There are many churches in this world. So what makes this church unique? What's our specific purpose? Why another church in Fresno? And so very early on, we had to ask ourselves some difficult questions. Why us? Why, why even?
even open our doors? Why, why even pretend to call ourselves a church? Why do we need to be here in northwest Fresno? What's the point of it? And so several years ago, we as a leadership came together and this is what we wrote. Our vision is to glorify God. To see God's Word change lives. Focus on this. To glorify God. To see God's Word change lives in such a miraculous way. That 100 years from today, no honest history could be written of the San Joaquin Valley without mentioning the impact of this church upon the city of Fresno. I said this six years ago. I said it five, four, three, two, one year ago. And I'm going to say this. I actually believe that statement more in this moment right now than when I first uttered those words a few years back. It's amazing to see how year by year by year, God begins to transform the lives of individuals. I look around a room right now and I remember when I first met some of you, you were drug addicts. And when I met some of you, you were homeless. And when I met some of you, uh, your marriages were falling apart. And when I met some of you, you were uh, stooped in depression Others of you, you on the outside looked all right, but the truth was on the inside, you know, you knew there were struggles and you knew there were hurts and you knew there were tensions and you knew there were things pulling you apart. And as we have moved together, as we have focused on Christ, little by little, God's grace has done a work in our hearts and God's work has done a grace in our minds. and God's work has done a grace in our lives and He's conforming us to the image of Christ. And my belief is that a hundred years from today that this church will have made an impact that if honest historians wanted to write about the history of this city they would not be able to mention it without talking about what this church is doing not just in these four walls but outside these four walls and one of the things I'm so excited about is I believe this is going to be a year where we really cross over move outside of these walls and begin to literally shake the foundation of Northwest Fresno I believe God's giving us some opportunities he's laying some things in front of us to to get outside of these walls and begin to make an impact like we have never made an impact before here in our own neighborhoods, in this city, uh, in California, and literally around the world as we'll talk about here in a few moments. Our vision, our vision, oh, to see God's Word change lives. We're praying that God's Word would change some of your lives. Some of us here, we're still trying to figure out whether or not we're going to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And we're praying that this will be the the year where you come to faith in Christ. For others of you, you've been saved. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But you've had a hard time surrendering to His Lordship. You've had a hard time just dedicating your life to His plan completely. And we're praying that this will be a year where God's Word, not a personality, not an institution, not a denomination, but God's Word would literally begin to change you from the inside out to where you would want what God wants and you would be driven by what drives God and you would, be, you would, find, uh, you would value what God values and you'd be motivated by what motivates the very heart of God, not because of a personality or an institution or a denomination, but because God's Word has begun to do a work from the inside out. We're praying that God's Word would change some lives. For those of you with children, I'm praying that God's Word 
word, not simply your parenting skills, not simply your ability to know how to manipulate children, but you would see God's word infused into your home, infused into the hearts and minds of your children, and that God's word would begin to change their hearts from the inside out and where they used to struggle with rebellion, where they used to struggle with having a spirit that denied and didn't want the things of God, all of a sudden his spirit, his grace, and his word begins to change their lives from the inside out. Some of you have adult children and you've been so praying for them and you're asking God to do a work in their hearts that you've been unable to do. And I'm saying to you today, I believe this is a year where God will allow many of your young people to come back to God, to all of a sudden in a fresh and a new way, not simply see church as an institution or denomination, but to see God, to see Jesus Christ high and lifted up and getting a fresh view and a fresh vision of God. He begins to change their lives from the inside out. That's what I believe God can do in the hearts of some of your children. You see, God's Word changes lives. And that's why we're here. We're not here to simply express the heartbeat of a personality. We're not here to simply kind of drum up the desires of a denomination or an institution. We're here to lift high the name of Jesus Christ, to allow His Word to go forth and allow His Word to change people from the inside out. Ecclesiastes chapter number 5 verse 3 says this. This is Bible. For a dream... Cometh through the multitude of business. You see, if we're going to be used of God to see this vision take place in the lives of our families, in the lives of our children and in our grandchildren, in the life, in our marriage, in our church family, the Bible is pretty clear that dreams and visions and these things come to pass through the multitude of business. My friend, as we allow God to first work in us, work in us as husbands, work in us as fathers, work in us as church members, work in us as employees, to work in us as moms, as, as uh, wives, as friends, as co-laborers together, as we allow God to work in us, then God can begin to work His work through us in the power of the Holy Spirit, doing in us and through us what we could never do in and through ourselves. And in that moment, we'll see a God-sized vision become a reality in our marriage. When we allow God to work in us and then His Spirit to work through us, we'll see that God-sized vision begin to live out in our families and begin to live out in our churches and begin to live out in our labors one with another. But it happens as we understand that it's not because we're apathetically just kind of standing by, but we're surrendered and saying, God, do something in me so that your spirit can do something through me. Why? Because the dream cometh, the vision cometh through a multitude of business. As God is able to work, it, great things happen. I don't know if they'll throw this on the screens, but death comes to a church when memories of the past supersede a vision for the future. I could say it this way. Death comes to marriages when memories of the past supersede a vision for the future. Some of you get more whoo, thrilled about the memories of what used to be in your marriage than what God wants to do in the future of your marriages. And that is a mark of death upon a marriage. When the memories of what were are more exciting to you than the vision of what can be by God's grace, death is settling in. 
When memories of the past for your children's future and your family are more exciting to you than a vision of what God can do in your children's life, though adults they may be or grandchildren they may be, when the the memories of the past are more exciting to you and more thrilling to you and more energizing to you than the future of what God's grace and God's strength and God's power is capable of, when the past is more exciting and thrilling than the future, death begins to settle in. This goes for churches as well. I've been to a lot of churches. They have all these pictures on the wall of what God used to do. I'll talk to church people. I remember what God did 10 years ago. Remember what God did 5 years ago. And praise God. Let's celebrate the good things that God once did. But when the memories of the past supersede our vision and our ability to get excited about what God still has in front of us and His power, His strength, and His grace to do something bigger than He's ever done before, I'm here to say death begins to settle in on a church. And I'm going to say this. There is no part of my heart that wants to be a part of a church family that is more excited about what happened two decades ago or what happened one decade ago or granted what happened one year ago. I want to get more excited about what God's going to do next year in the lives of your families, in the lives of your marriages, in the lives of our church, in the lives of people who need Christ. Oh, I hope you are more filled with faith and more excited about what God is going to do than what he once did do. That, my friend, is vision. It's faith. Faith is the substance, Hebrews tells us. Substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You need to get filled with faith to believe that the best lies ahead. You say, where does that faith come from? Faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God. My friend, it's God's word that changes lives. God's word that changes marriages. God's word that changes children. God's word that changes grandchildren. God's word that changes future. And God's word that changes churches. We need a vision. A vision explains why we exist. And this is why we exist. To glorify God by allowing his word to change lives. That's why the Ambassador Baptist Church exists. We don't exist so we can just socialize together. Praise God for friendships. Praise God for relationships. But our purpose is greater than that. Our purpose is deeper than that. Our purpose is to glorify God by allowing His Word to change lives and change families and change marriages and change futures and change the very fiber of who we are. We need a vision that is cultivated as we spend time in God's Word. That's where vision comes from. A word from the Lord. Why? Because where there is no vision, where there is no word from the Lord, the people perish. It comes from a multitude of business. One of the things we're going to talk about in a moment is that we need volunteers. We need individuals to say, you know what? On a weekly basis, I can get involved. I can use my gifts, skills, and abilities to further the vision of our church family. And in a moment, we're going to ask many of you to prayerfully consider being involved in this vision, being involved in our purposes as a church. But let's move on. Not only do we see our vision, but Matthew 28 verse 19 says this, 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That word teach is the Greek verb mathetio. It means to make disciples. That's what it means in the Greek. Go ye therefore and teach or make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Notice this. And teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So vision explains why we exist. Now next I want you to see this. What is our mission? Mission explains what we do. Mission explains what we do. Vision explains why we exist. Why do we exist? To glorify God by allowing His Word to change lives. So that a hundred years from today, no honest history could be written of this area without mentioning the impact of our lives, our church upon the city of Fresno. That's why we exist. Glorify to lift high the name of Jesus. But what's our mission? Mission explains what do we do. How do we, do, how do we fulfill that mission? What, what do we do as a church? Now, a lot of churches have a lot of different missions. And probably one of the most unique things about this church is our mission. Our mission doesn't just tell us what we do do, but our mission also gives us a lot of, it kind of narrows the scope and it tells us a lot of things that we don't do as well. In fact, you're going to come to this church and after a while you're going to say, you don't do that like our other church did. Why don't you do those things in this church and those? They do, they do this and they do this. Here's why. It's, I'm going to explain in a minute because of our mission. We have a laser-focused mission. And it comes right out of the final words of Jesus Christ in Matthew 28. When Jesus was getting ready to ascend after his resurrection, he gave us the mission that we're supposed to have. He says here, go and teach, make disciples of all nations, which leads us here to our mission. And that is simply to develop deeper disciples. To develop, that's why we exist. That is what we do. There's a lot of things we don't do. We don't do a ton of church-wide activities around here. We don't. We don't do a lot of church-wide events around here. We don't. We don't do a lot of potlucks around here. We don't. We don't do a lot of yard sales around here. We don't. We don't do a lot of bingo nights around here. We don't. We don't do a lot of carnivals or bazaars or, you know, circuses. We don't do a lot of bake sales. You say, why? Are those bad things? No. In fact, if another church, if that's their mission, if that's what they're there for, that's great. Here's our mission. To develop deeper disciples. That is why, that's our mission. That's what we believe God has called us to do. And so in order to stay laser focused on that mission, developing deeper disciples in our children, developing deeper disciples with even our young babies in nursery, developing dif- d- uh, deeper disciples there in our marriages and in our families with our spouses, that's the whole mission of why we exist. To go there for and teach all nations. That's our mission. One theologian said it this way, Christians are either making disciples or they're making excuses. Say, they're my children. They're your disciples. They're my grandchildren. No. They're your disciples. They're opportunities for you to pour and mentor and to help them be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, to develop deeper disciples. A disciple is simply a follower of Christ. That's what disciple means. 
A Christian is one who has invited Christ and committed their life to Christ. A Christian is one who's committed their life to Christ. A disciple is something more. A disciple is a Christian who's sold out. Says, God, Jesus, you're my all in all. It's a disciple, and that's why we're here. Why we're here gives us laser focused. You might come up after being here a while and say, Pastor, how come we don't do that? And how come we don't do this? And I'm going to tell you because I don't want to steal energy and resources and time away from this. Well, I'd like more of that. Is it helping with this? Well, I think we should do those things. Does it help with that? Because that's our mission. Our vision is to change the world. The way we do that is by developing deeper disciples in our children, in our grandchildren, in our families, in our churches, in our connection groups, focusing, helping people to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I think they're going to throw this on the screens. But many churches are struggling because running programs, activities, and events has replaced making disciples. I've had some folks in our church say, I, I was at this church across town and they do this big thing and they do that big thing and they do this event and they do that activity and they do these programs and they get big crowds coming when they, when they do this and do that and do that. I'm not interested in building a crowd. I just want to let you know that's never been our intention. We're here to develop deeper disciples. And if Jesus was comfortable with leaving this earth with 12... I'm not concerned in a crowd. And I know maybe running more programs and more activities, and especially those of you who are type A and you just always have to be busy running here and running there, this is not going to settle well with you. But I, help, I want to help you understand we have a mission. And that mission is not to run the best carnivals in Fresno. Our mission is not to run the biggest bake sales in Fresno. Our mission is not to simply have the best game nights in Fresno or the biggest potlucks in Fresno. We are here to change the world. And Jesus says the way that is accomplished is by developing deeper disciples. Many churches are struggling. Yes, they have crowds. But they're spiritually bankrupt. They're empty. Because running programs and more programs and activities and more activities and events and more events has replaced the Jesus-ordained mission of developing disciples. And as long as God allows me to be the pastor of this church, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep our mission laser focused. I'm not against a church that does something different. God calls, calls different churches to do different things. I, I actually believe that. But I do know what God's called this church to. As we go to the pages of the scripture, that's what I believe God's called us to. And if that means, wait a second, I, I, I want to I be a part of a church that's always doing, you know, carnivals and always doing bazaars and always doing bingo nights and always doing potlucks and always doing social activities and the whole church gets together and goes to baseball games together. There's churches like that in Fresno. But this church has a purpose and we have a mission. It was given to us by our leader, Jesus Christ. And he said, go and make disciples. And if you want to take your connection group and as you go to a baseball game, you want to encourage one another in the things of God and you want to, praise God, go do it. And if as a connection group you want to get together to go bowling to show a younger Christian how a Christian has fun and still honors the Lord, then go and model that for them. 
But at the end of the day, everything we do is centered around developing deeper disciples. Many churches are struggling because running programs, activities, and events has replaced making disciples and they've become spiritually bankrupt. I need you to understand our mission. I need you to understand our vision. Which leads us here lastly to 2 Timothy 3 verse 10. 2 Timothy 3 verse 10 says it this way. Paul says to young Timothy, he's teaching him. This, the, the book of Timothy is called a pastoral epistle. It was a book written by the Apostle Paul to help young Timothy know how to lead up a church. And he says to him, Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, you've, you've known my doctrine. I think you could say the same. I want you to know, you know our doctrine. Manner of life, you've seen us live. Notice this phrase, you've fully known my purpose. Paul says to young Timothy, you know our purpose. You know my purpose. You know why I'm here. You know why we exist. It's for a purpose. And like Paul, we want you to know our purpose. If you're newer to the Ambassador Baptist Church family, we want you to know our purpose. And let me just give you this lastly, and we'll wrap this up. Our purpose. Our purpose is explain how we will succeed. So vision tells us why we exist. Explains why we exist. Mission explains what we do. Purpose is explain how will we succeed at our vision. How are we going to do it? How at the Ambassador Baptist Church are we going to fulfill this mission and fulfill this vision? If you're, if you're God's child, you don't have to search for meaning and purpose. You're part of the most important plan in the universe and that is the redemption of humanity. I think this is in your notes. Two of the greatest days in your life is the day you were born and the day you find out why. As a church, here's our purpose. Let me give them to you very simply. We are here to cultivate deeper commitment to Christ. Every Sunday morning, you're going to come and I'm going to point you toward Jesus. We might not always point you toward the next political agenda. We might not always point you toward the next athletic event. We might not always point you to the next social gathering. But by God's grace, every time you come, you'll be pointed and we'll do our best from the Word of God to cultivate a deeper commitment to Christ. Christ, to cultivate that deeper commitment to Christ. Oh, that we would have a heart. If you're God's child, my friend, you don't have to search for meaning and purpose. You're part of the most important plan in the universe, the redemption of humanity. So I want you to see, first of all, commitment to Christ. This is our purpose, commitment to Christ. We're here to cultivate deeper commitment. Secondly, We're here to cultivate stronger connection to a local church. Stronger connection to a local church. I want to say this to you and I hope you understand this. You cannot mature into the Christian God desires for you to be without this local church. Or I'll say it broader, without a local church. There are good churches in Fresno. There are other good churches in Fresno. If all you needed was information, the Bible would have been enough. The reason God ordained his local church is because your spiritual formation demands it. You are not growing if you are not bound in a community of faith. You say, but community of faith, they're messy. There's some people in our community of faith. They get on my nerves. That's exactly why you need it. You need to learn how to move through life with people you don't like. You need it. 
And if you keep running from it, you will never mature into who God wants you to be. Jesus learned how to engage people who were mean to him. He learned how to get along with people who were not like him. He learned to walk alongside those who would reject him and betray him and rebel against him. And that is why God gives you the gift of an imperfect, flawed, messy local church. Because you need it, my friend. In all of its brokenness, in all of its ugliness, in all of its flaws, you need it. And that is why Jesus ordained it. If you keep running from community, you're the one who will hurt. You say, well, it hurts me when this lady says this about me. Get over it. Allow the grace of Jesus Christ to work in you and work through you to pour grace upon grace upon grace to those who don't deserve it. You need a messy, broken, flawed, local church. So I don't want one that's broken and flawed and messy. Hate to bust your bubble, <laughs> but that one don't exist. Okay? I personally happen to believe, biased as I may be, <laughs> that we've got a pretty good thing going here. Not perfect. Broken in places, flawed in places, messy in places. But God's grace is doing a work and you need to connect to that church. Okay? Some of you have been bouncing from church to church over the last two or three decades. Three years here, five years here, ten years here, one year here. here here's my point. I'm not trying to drive anybody away. I'm just trying to help you understand you need the messiness of it. At some point, you're going to lock, you're gonna have to get your roots planted in a church that's messy and broken and flawed. And you're trying to convince yourself that this, this perfect church for you exists. It doesn't. And here's the point. God wants you to be a part of one that is flawed and broken because he's going to expose something in you that you need to see. And he's going to heal you in a way that those flaws will help you with. A local church to connect with it. This is why we have connection groups around here. You say, well, I've tried lots of connection groups and none of them seem to work for me. I'm here to say this. None of them are going to work for you. You just got to find one and kind of get your roots planted and... Let the Holy Spirit of God just throw you in the midst of the messiness of it. Connection to a local church. That's why we exist. How are we going to develop deeper disciples? By committing first and foremost to Christ. And when, when that relationship, when that, when that uh, horizontal, uh, you know, kind of, I'm sorry, vertical relationship is there, then the horizontal of connecting the church, is, it's going to come into place. Which leads us lastly, once we've got that commitment to Christ and we're, we're bound together as brothers and sisters, flawed brothers and sisters, broken brothers and sisters, messed up brothers and sisters who are trying to pour grace upon one another, then we have the ability to go out and have a broader compassion towards our community. And that's what, well, that's what we're going to focus on the rest of the day. Because this is where I believe God has us at right now. I believe God's done some great work in our lives of helping us to commit to Christ. And in, in a large regard, I think the majority of us, I mean, 90 plus percent of us are involved in connection groups on a weekly basis. God's doing some great things. 
But compassion toward the community is where we're going to put it into overdrive. And we're going to really ask the Lord to make, use our lives to make an impact in this community like never before in the year 2015. I really believe that this now is the time for this. I happen to believe that this is the place that God can use this body of believers to impact the world, to impact our city. And I believe we're the people. I know you're not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I, I honestly, I wish, I wish you had a better pastor. There are many times I think to myself, Lord, man, they're such great people. The amazing things that you're doing through their lives, they deserve somebody better than me. Somebody stronger, somebody more educated, somebody more experienced, somebody older. But you're stuck with me for a while. I'm stuck with you. We're stuck together. So let's do something about it. Let's use that to make an impact in this city through broader compassion towards the community. At this time, we've got a few video presentations we're going to share. And this next one kind of outlines the biggest priorities, the biggest objectives, the biggest opportunities for our church family in the year 2015. And then we're going to pass out some materials.